Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of the Articulate Fly, and we're back with another Southwest Virginia Fishing Report with Matt Riley of Matt Riley Fly Fishing. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing great, Marvin. How are you? As always, just trying to stay out of trouble. Um, took a quick look at your weather, and I mean, it's certainly winter uh, in Southwest Virginia, and um, I guess that's you know, an obvious fact. Um, but the good news is you haven't had any rain events probably in two weeks. So I bet the water levels are pretty good for fishing. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, yeah, like you said, we've been kind of pretty low key here the last couple of days because it's been, you know, highs just barely above freezing and snow every other day and winds, you know, like almost every day they're forecasting at least, you know, 15, 20 miles an hour and gusting heavier than that particularly on the river um and uh and colder on the river too than than they're calling for which is usually the case but but yeah the the new has been i mean it's it's in as good a shape as it's been for i mean at least several, uh, several months i mean we haven't had a ton of rain um things have cleared up nicely from the last uh you know, big rain event we had back uh, a little after Christmas, and uh, water's clear, um, but the water's pretty dang cold, too. So, um, our musky fishing has been just slowing way down and being pretty uh, intentional about fishing out of current and uh, heavy water and that kind of thing. Um, and then, you know, as always, the trout streams are in great shape. Um, the colder it gets this time of year. You know, the more I tend to lean on those limestone sort of spring influence creeks, because the fishing's almost always better uh, and faster over there. But um, as far you know as as we've seen lately, the fishing is uh, still pretty good for the winter time, and and conditions are pretty good all around. So it's kind of whatever you want to do right now. Yeah, and you know, we were talking before we started recording about you know you get to that kind of the the lowest point of winter where it gets really, really cold and it makes the musky fishing harder. And, and I assume it's because you kind of know where they are, but Mm -hmm. it's so cold that they just, the metabolism just, they just don't want to eat and they just don't want to chase. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's some of these things are anybody's guess with, with those fish, but, um, you know, we've caught fish down to in, in those really low water temps, like 34, 35 degrees. Um, but it's definitely not, you know, fishing mid 40 degree water. You're still, um, you're fishing pretty slow. Um, and then again, you know, just when, when this fish gets that cold, um, I think they, they basically avoid any kind of current like the plague. So they're either going deep. Um, deep, deep, like on the bottom of the pool, um, in the deepest part of the pool, or, um, you know, just in, in really good sort of black water, um, pieces of, uh, of, uh, of water along the bank and whatnot. And we see that, we see that on the river pretty regularly, um, where it, it just starts to get cold and cold and cold. And all of a sudden you're just not seeing fish anymore. And, um, even even with electric electricity um, out electrofishing for those things, um, you know you can you can shock a really productive winter pool when the water temp is that cold and not even see a fish sometimes because you know you can't reach much more than you know ten foot of depth with uh, 
with the probe. So things definitely change. Um, but like you said, the, the good news is uh, at some point we're going to kind of turn a corner here in the next couple of weeks. And, you know, February is usually a pretty solid, solid musky month. Um, February, early March, kind of be in the pre-spawn period. And then, you know, the water temps will just start trudging upwards a little bit and, and uh, up into the low 40s, mid 40s. And um, they'll just get that much more active, just like anything else. It's all water temp drink. Yeah, got it. And we've got a question from Rick on the musky front, and he wanted to know, you know, how do you decide on the flies between small single hook flies and articulated flies with two hooks? Yeah, so I'll, I'll go ahead and say right off the bat um, that there there are a couple of, you know, sort of pre-established like existing fly patterns that are, are done with, that are built on two hooks. Um, you know, just one hook articulated with another one, um, that I do use. Um, but if I can help it, I really don't, uh, I really don't care for, for flies that are built that way. Um, like I said, there's a couple of really good ones that I do like, but, um, for musky pretty much, um, I, I, I feel, I really feel you can get away with one hook most of the time in the middle of the fly that you've, that you've built. Um, that said, you know, I guess the original question was, uh, um, you know, small single hook flies versus bigger articulated flies. Um, as far as size goes, um, from a guiding perspective, one, um, I was having a conversation with a client about this a couple hours ago. Um, it's kind of more, in my mind about what you can throw all day, um, and not wear yourself out. So, I mean, that's something that I try to do with people is particularly in the wintertime, I'll try to give them the biggest fly that I think that they can effectively fish for a long period of time. Um, because I just think when the water gets cold and you have more lethargic fish, a bigger fly kind of just, you know, paints with a broader brush and, and attract the fish a little bit more. That said, if, 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 you know, you can't tuck a, you know, 10 to 13, 14 inch fly all day, which most people can't, um, it, there's, there's nothing wrong with fishing a smaller fly. And, uh, you know, it's, it's advantageous in the musky world to be able to fish something all day. So if you can throw, if you have to throw a six inch fly to fish all day, then that's what you should do. Um, outside of that, um, I have had some success using a little bit smaller fly. Um, one, particularly in warmer water, like early in the fall, um, and then uh, again in the spring a little bit. And then also if you have clear water and sort of those, the, the like classic worst case scenario, like really clear water, um, bright sun, like post cold front, that kind of thing. Um, sort of in, in fishing across the board, a lot of times, um, just downsizing in those kinds of conditions, um, can, can make something happen. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I would say. Um, the, the other thing that we were talking about a little bit, Marvin, um, earlier was with those bigger flies. I mean, like a game changer is a good example. Um, you could you could easily fish, you know, a 
10 or 12 inch game changer with one hook in the middle, um, I believe, but having another big sort of heavy gauge wire hook in the head, um, sort of helps the keel of it fly and keep it swimming, you know, sort of right side up, particularly if you have a fly that's, you know, taller than it is wide, um, in the head that, that'll, that'll do something for you in terms of how the fly um, swims and fishes and it also gives you the opportunity to you know if that hook's not doing it you can sort of lash some lead wrap to the uh to the hook bend of that that uh hook in the head and that'll help keep that fly right side up a little bit better um but i guess the uh sort of short and sweet answer is smaller flies and warmer water um and to kind of give your shoulder a break and then uh, those sort of tough conditions and then um, the bigger flies, all the other, you know, all the other situations. But, uh, you know, not necessarily with two hooks. You know, in the day and age that we live in now um, where we have commercially available shanks to tie on, you can you can build a 12 or 14-inch fly with one hook in it. Um, and... Uh, the other thing that I will add to that, which we're getting kind of long-winded here again, but uh, is, you know, sort of my feeling with one hook versus two is that, uh, well, the first muskie I ever caught and, and a few of the ones after that um, were all on just two hook flies that were articulated with, with wire, um, you know, like a trout streamer. And uh, in all of those cases, those fish ate like the entire fly. They got both hooks in their mouth and uh, just clamp their mouth shut like they like they will, like an alligator. Um, and without jaw spreaders, it's kind of a pain in the butt to get their mouths open if they don't want to open them for you. Um, but taking those flies out, both of them, um, uh, both of those hooks were in the fish's mouth. Um, and neither one of the hooks were, were buried very deep. So I, I think you kind of get less bang for your buck on strip sets if you have a fish that eats two hooks, um, because both of those points kind of dig in and neither goes very far because they're working against each other. Um, it's more dangerous for the fish, more dangerous for you. Um, and it just makes unhooking the fish, uh, more difficult. One hook, um, like I said, almost always that fish is going to eat the fly in the middle. You're going to strip set. And if there's only one hook, the fly will likely fly through the fish's teeth. Um, and you'll get them in the corner of the mouth just about every time. Unhooking is a lot easier because they don't even have to open their mouth. You can just grab the hook and pull it out. And, uh, you know, again, it's a little safer for you too, because you don't have to worry about getting their mouths open and digging two hooks out. So I'm a fan of one hook. Um, but, you know, like I said before, size of the fly itself kind of changes with the with the conditions and, and all that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, folks, we love questions at the Articulate Fly. You can email them to us. You can send them to us on our Instagram or our Facebook page. If we use your question, I'll send you some Articulate Fly swag, and then you'll get entered to the drawing at the end of the season. And, you know, as we mentioned last time, we're at the end of the season for 2020, and you know, Matt, you want to share with folks what we're going to draw for on the next fishing report? Yeah. So, uh, 
we got together, um, my dad and I at the ride company and we're, uh, we're going to stick uh, this time a, a 50% off coupon for any rod that, that he offers on the website in there. Um, on top of, you know, I think what we gave out last year, which was a, uh, a, uh, sticker pack and, um, a selection of, uh, you know, sort of my top producing smallmouth flies, um, from every year. So that will, well, we're going to draw for that next time. Is that the deal? Yeah, I think that's the deal. We'll draw next time. I've got all the names set. I just have to hit the random number generator. Sweet. Okay. So we'll be sending that out soon. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, you know, it is 2021, but we have to keep the tradition alive. What's on the typewriter? Yeah. So, uh, like I said, it's been cold out here, um, and windy. So I've been spending a lot of time tying flies and, and writing, um, catching up on stuff I've been putting off, but, uh, the column that's coming out or, or that's, that's going out that'll come out next week, um, is about the, uh, sort of the mechanics, the why, when, and, uh, how the strip set, um, for, you know, just sort of across the board, um, for all the different species and applications that I use it for. Um, and then we've been working on a couple of other, you know, feature assignments for, um, Eastern fly fishing, um, for one, um, which is on a, uh, one of our local trout streams here, one of the ones I guide on. So, um, it's been a fun project and then we got a couple of assignments rolling for Virginia wildlife too. So, um, one of which is, is, uh, involving muskie in Virginia. So it's, uh, there's a lot going on on the side fighter right now. And hopefully I can get it done before, uh, before spring and, and so I don't have to think about it after that. Yeah, there you go. Before I let you hop and uh, get back to your writing chores, you want to let folks know where they can find you so maybe they can get a musky date with you or get a pre-spawn smallmouth trip. Sure thing. Yeah, the website is mattreillyflyfishing.com and uh, all my contact info is on there. So um, however you feel best reaching out, I look forward to hearing from you. Well, listen, folks, I know it's a little bit chilly, but uh, doesn't mean you shouldn't try to go out and catch a few. Tight lines, everybody. Tight lines, Matt. All right. Thanks, Marvin. <laughs>